0: The 157th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From
1: the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win 54 to 53. North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Fred Brown looking. No oh, way to it! 35! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court Carolina with foul! he takes the timeout, technical they're out foul. of timeout! Technical foul,
0: technical foul on Michigan, they're out of timeout! And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street.
1: Gets it back out to him. long outside shot, short rebound, it's over!
0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the four corners podcast. We are powered by Carolina electrical services Josh and Anthony back with you guys today We'll be talking over zoom as we tried to do this thing in person and our studio crapped out on us So now we're back over Zoom um, to to get you ready for the start of the 2022-23 college basketball season, which kicks off tomorrow night in earnest as the preseason-ranked number one Tar Heels. Get ready for what we hope is a journey back to the Final Four, back to the national title game, hopefully with them cutting down the nets and winning the programs eighth national championship we're going to preview the opponent the unc wilmington seahawks we'll tell you a little bit about their team uh coming back this year some of the things they accomplished last year we'll focus on the tar heels we'll give our keys to the game and pick the game but before we do any of that We start every edition, as we always do, with our Pod Thought of the Day, which is brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now or visit their website. Use our promo code TBPN to activate our latest offer from our show sponsor. And our Pod Thought of the Day comes from the two godfathers of Carolina basketball uh, a phrase they kind of coined together back when Dean Smith was the head coach and Roy Williams was on his staff, and then he would leave to go to Kansas, and this phrase kind of came together. It is the it is the foundation of Carolina basketball. Um, if you follow me on Twitter at HTB underscore Josh, I tweet this out ten minutes before every game. Actually, had this slogan on a T-shirt I actually wore today, and it's simply "Play hard, play smart." and play together. And it's something that, you know, Anthony, last year this team really struggled to do at times. Um, they 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 really struggled to play hard. They really struggled to play smart and they, they really struggled more so to play together. But once that all came together and it all they all figured out how to play. They all figured out how to play hard and play smart and play together. The last six weeks of the regular the last six weeks of the season were rather fun and this team, this program came within you know, a rebound of winning a national championship, and now they have the the pressure and the the privilege to go out there and and do those three things, you know, over the next hopefully six months. And if they do that, we'll like we'll like the results more often than not. And I do think when it's all said and done, we'll be having a a much more positive edition of the podcast uh, the first Tuesday in April than what we did a year ago. The first task, though is the home opener, is the season opener against UNC Wilmington, which will kick off Carolina's 113th season of college basketball. And in their previous 112 openers, Carolina's won 100 of them, only losing 12, including having won 17 straight. Ironically enough, the last time they lost a season opener was in 2004, 2005, where they would go on to win the national championship. And Carolina has won 20 straight season openers in a row in the Smith Center. That opponent, as I mentioned, is unc Wilmington. Carolina is 5-0 and all-time against the Seahawks. The last time they played back was in the 2019-2020 season. It was the second game that of of the season Carolina won 78 to 62 in Wilmington and this is a in-state non-ACC opponent that Carolina is going to be playing against and in those matchups all time Carolina is 176 and 18 so in these games that Carolina is playing tomorrow night they are rather successful but this is a Wilmington program that is is a program that's not they're they're not used to not having success. You know, Kevin Keats took this team to the tournament a few times that got him the gig at uh, at NC State where he is currently at then former Tar Heel assistant CB McGrath went down there didn't have a, the type of ex, the type of success we wanted him to have but last year what you know with the coach who's been there now for a couple seasons that UNCW program returned to form they went 27 and 9 overall they were 15 and 3 in the regular season in the CAA but as you know that's a one bid league for the NCAA tournament They did not win their conference tournament. And teams like UNC Wilmington, they they also get passed over for the NIT, which means they found themselves in a tournament where also Kevin Keats finds himself more often than not. That's the CBI, where they won four games in four days uh, to take home the CBI tournament title. But their top two scorers from a year ago, Jalen Sims and Miles Okoro, they both graduated, meaning their third leading scorer, Shaquem Phillips, who averaged over 11 points per game, roughly four rebounds, and over two assists, he is back for his senior season. So, Anthony, the Tar Heels, they start their season at home against an opponent that they're more talented than, they're they're more gifted than, they're more deeper than, but this was a UNC Wilmington squad that a year ago had a lot of success in the regular season. They had some, you know, they, they had an unfortunate experience in their conference tournament, and despite... Winning the CBI tournament, they they they're, they're going to be on a mission to to really get back to these to their conference tournament and win that and get back to the NCAA's of a, a place where this program isn't you know it it isn't foreign to being despite being a small school from say North Carolina.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the best way to put it. Is that this is a team that last year probably felt like going into their conference tournament they were going to be going to the NCAA tournament. And as you mentioned, you know, look, the CAA is a very deep conference uh, on the basketball side of things. It's honestly probably one of the better mid-major conferences out there. But it, but it's one that you know they probably felt like they let get away and this year there will definitely be that motivation now again they lose their top two scores from last year so in terms of just this game that's probably usually helpful because you when you pay, when you play these teams Especially, you know, to start the season, when they bring back, you know, not it doesn't have to necessarily be a superstar player, but when they br- they bring back some of their leaders from a year ago, they bring back their top scorer or two. It, you know, it, sometimes these games can be a little bit tough, especially if you're working through things on your end. The good news for Carolina is they are not. They bring back four of the five from a year ago starting-wise, the core four, as we've mentioned. They also bring in a transfer in Pete Nance, but he's a guy that so far looks like he's fitting in pretty well. And they also have some depth that I think a lot of people feel pretty confident about heading into this game. So, look, Wilmington's not going to be afraid of this game. First of all, when they were – the last time these two teams faced each other, now, granted, Carolina wasn't playing their best basketball either at the time, but – Wilmington was around in that game. Carolina did not, it it was not easy at all for Carolina the last time these two teams matched up. So they know that they can hang with Carolina it, it, just in terms of, you know, overall history with this with this matchup. So well, I, I think they're going to come in confident. I think Carolina is going to come in, you know, kind of trying to prove a point out of the gate that. This is a team that's motivated. This is a team that's ready to go. And this is a team that, as, as we've heard from multiple people, is ready to handle the quote-unquote pressure uh, that is going to come with this season. Something that I think a, a lot of people have questions about whether or not Carolina can actually handle.
0: Yeah, I think it's the the thing I've heard the most and the question I've asked the most to the people I've brought on the podcast to get us ready for this season. The likes of Brennan Marks from The Athletic, Josh Graham, who hosts The Drive uh, on WSJS here in the Triad, even John Crispin from the ESPN is, is, you know, is there any concerns about – This team, going from the hunter, which is what they were last year, they were hunting their way to get into the NCAA tournament. They were the team that had to bring it night in, night out, Um, to now where they're the hunted, where now every time they walk on the court, they'll be getting every team's best shot. And Look, usually Carolina is in that that same mold to begin with because of – the stature of the program, but it's going to be a little bit different because Carolina enters the preseason number one ranked team in the country, the media's favorite to, to, to win the ACC. A lot of people around college basketball, they're going to pick Carolina to get back to the final four and win the national championship tomorrow night doesn't give them the you know an opportunity to answer those questions but it it allows them the chance to to start really validating why there is so much hype and expectation you know uh, uh, uh around the team we we really talked all offseason long that you know this team is a nice blend of the last two teams that we we saw win a national championship back in 2009 with all the returning experience and then even with 2017 where it was really a team that that lost in heartbreaking fashion the year before and they returned just enough talent brought in you know you know that they, they brought in some young talent as well and then and they played the level of desperation that 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 that, that, that team had to to win a national title I think this team is a perfect blend of both where you brought back four starters you you brought in you know four new freshmen so you've got young talent you you brought in a veteran transfer your top two guys off the bench are back you you think they're going to be ready you know to to take the next step individually as players but with that we can also look at ourselves and say, look, this team isn't as talented. They're not going to dominate teams like that at that, that 09 team that ran top twenty-five teams out of buildings on certain nights. So with that, they've they've got to play with a level of of desperation that, that 2016 17 team had, that hunger, that desire to get back to the Final Four and finish the job. So that that that's going to be, you know, what tomorrow offers is a chance to to really start proving that. You can't answer all those questions. Those questions really won't be answered until the ACC portion of the season and then and, and some non-conference part of, of, of the season as well. So that's going to be the challenge starting tomorrow night for Carolina. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll get you this week's ad from DraftKings. Then when we come back, we'll focus a little bit more on the Carolina side of things. We'll talk about some things around the program. We'll give our keys to the game and pick the game and more on this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Back after this, message from DraftKings.
1: As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time.
0: NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off this season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app now opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA, whether it's the local Charlotte Hornets or my beloved New York Knicks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. With promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys have taken great advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you on the Four Corners side of things. Same for Anthony there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. So make sure you get over to the DraftKings uh, either either via the app or visit their website. Use those promo codes and really use uh, take great advantage of all those great offers uh, as we continue to take you through the college football. Uh, in the NFL season, on the Heel Tough Blog podcast, and now on my side of things, you know, the NBA and the college hoops season. So a little bit on the Tar Heels. This is a team that is returning, as we mentioned, four starters from last season's team that played for the national championship. Their loan to party was the transfer, Brady Manick who exhausted his college college eligibility and to replace him. Carolina has brought in another transfer in the form of Pete Nance from Northwestern. We mentioned the two main key bench, uh, contributors off the bench last year, Donovan Puff Johnson, Dontrez Styles. They're both back, along with DeMarco Dunn, who we saw start the exhibition the other night. And then we mentioned the four freshmen, Will Shaver, Jalen Washington, Seth Trimble, and Tyler Nichols. So Carolina... Um, they, they, on on paper, they have the nice the the right blend of experience and and seniors, Leaky Black, Armando Baycott, juniors, our uh, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, and then the talent, you know, Demarco Dunn, Dontre Styles, and sophomores, and then those four incoming freshmen. But something we actually talked about yesterday with with the coworker of ours, who actually happens to be a Duke fan, is that. There was a panel over at, at CBSsports.com that only uh, that consists of four college basketball writers. Only one of them picked Carolina to get back to the Final Four, let alone win the national championship. And I think that really maybe. Really highlights the the question about this team, about you know from a mentality standpoint, can they handle the pressure, the expectations, the weight of the world being on their shoulders? What did you make of a Duke fan pointing that out and even saying to us, "This is crazy" because on paper and given what Carolina did in the month of March last year, this team has all the makings of a team that's going to compete and should be the favorite to win the national championship
1: well first we we have to clarify that this duke fan is is a guy that works in the sports media field so it's it's a little it's it's a little different you're not you take a different approach to things i think than just a normal fan of a team um but i mean look i think what he told us he he said that he couldn't believe it. I couldn't really believe it either when I saw that graphic. Um, and, you know, nobody had Carolina winning the national championship. They only had uh, Carolina as as a runner-up, and that was Gary Parrish, who actually had Carolina as the runner-up in the national championship game. Um, to me, I think it's, it's people just trying to be different. Uh, I really do, because I don't think there's really that many flaws with this team. Um, and I don't really care what you would say about, oh, well, you know, Armando Baycott is a big man that is playing in a modern game. Well, you guys sure as hell liked Tennessee a lot. Or Tennessee, excuse me. You guys sure as hell liked uh, Kentucky a lot. I like Tennessee a lot. I, I should say that. Um, but, th- I mean, they are all over Kentucky this preseason. Don't really get that. What has Kentucky proven to you over the last few seasons? Um, to be honest with you, they're, they've proven to me that there should be more questions about John Calipari than are being asked right now. Is John Calipari really this great coach anymore? I, but for some reason, that team, there's a few others around the country that seem to always get passes. Um, I know Gonzaga was in there in a couple one, uh, a couple of those. I, I mean, I just don't understand it. So to me, I don't really, if, if they're trying to look at it as, is Carolina going to be ready mentality-wise? How many different times did this team face the possibility of being eliminated last year? And also, I get it. They were playing with with house money. They were a team that wasn't expected to be great. There were a lot of games in there. I mean, Baylor, early on, that that was a game that easily could have been lost. And you would have said, okay, well, it is what it is, especially with everything that actually happened in the game. You would have said, well, they blew a big lead, but – Hey, they, you know, got into foul trouble. You had Brady Manning get ejected from the game. So, yeah, they were down two starters for a majority of the second half, and they couldn't handle the trap. You would have been okay with that. UCLA, that was a team that they could have folded against. They could have let that team move on, and, you know, everybody would have said, well, you know, it it is what it is. Carolina had a nice run to the second weekend. So I I don't – that doesn't make any sense to me at all. If if people are trying to say that this team is not going to be ready – for the sort of expectations that are there. And I think, again, the biggest reason that you should be confident isn't even because of the players. You should be confident in this coaching staff. And I know that's, that's you could say, well, that's pretty rich coming from some guys that at the middle of last season were, potentially, were looking and, and saying, you know, this thing is not looking great right now, even in year one. Well, here's the thing. First of all, most people were thinking that around the country. Most people were questioning early on uh, what Hubert Davis and his staff were doing. But I think there were a majority of us that were saying, okay, it is year one. Let's let's see this thing through and and actually see what happens. And at the end of the season, everything was pretty much validated. But this is not a guy that's satisfied with what happened last year. Uh, And he showed that to me the other night. Uh, In an exhibition game where you were – the game was seemingly over already, you called a timeout because your team turned the ball over and gave up a fast-break basket. Like, I I mean, most most people are not going to do that. Um, There is one goal for this team. It is known. It has been stated, I I mean, at least since they started practice or even summer workouts. Um, But I would imagine that the goal was probably stated to them – probably about 15, 20 minutes after the national title loss a year ago. There is no denying that this has been the goal the entire time. And to me, I don't see why anybody would think, like in my mind, and maybe you feel the same way, I don't see any way possible this team does not make it to the Final Four. That right now, sitting here in the preseason, it is – there is no – way, I could see this team not making it to the Final Four.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing about that is that's music to Hubert Davis's ears because, you know, last year his message to his team was block out the noise, and it was a lot of criticism, a lot of negativity. This year it's the same message with a different spin because everyone's patting them on the back, telling them how good they are, how great they're going to be and and so now this adds fuel to the fire that this team this team and program still being disrespected by some nationally and then you still got to go a lot you still got you still go you still have to go out there and prove it and for a for a, a team that's coming back that's preseason right number 1 that's the the medias picked when the ACC and they're still getting that type of disrespect around the country is is going to be something that Huber Davis uses to 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 motivate and fuel his team starting tomorrow night which is where we'll transition Back to when we're talking about this game against UNC Wilmington, take it in retrospect that, that Carolina is the, the you know the better team, the more gifted team. There's still some things that Carolina's got to do, and they need to come out and they need to play really well. The first thing they got to do is contain their best player, which is Shaquem Phillips. This is a guy who was the third option on this team a year ago. Now he's going to be more the focal point of their offense, and, um, you know, this is going to be a kid that this will be, unless he gets into the NCAA tournament, the biggest stage he ever plays on in college basketball against the number one ranked team in the country and one of the more historic venues. Um, And and so he's going to want to come out. And put on a good, put on a show. And look, Carolina has has struggled in these types of games in the past, where they've allowed a dominant player from a mid-major to come into their building, and play really well. You remember the home loss to Wofford, um, you know, whether it was back in 2019, 2020, or even back during the 2017-2018 season with a team that was, you know, trying to defend its national championship. This, we, we often think, because we follow this team and program day in, day out, that Leaky Black is the best perimeter defender in college basketball. John Crispin echoed that belief when I talked to him you know, earlier in the week as well. This is a great chance for him to come out. As the team wants to make the statement, this is a great chance for him individually to come out and say, look, not not on my watch. You're not coming into my building and putting on, you know, well, you know, having a, a career type of night. Carolina has to ensure that Shaquem Phillips doesn't go off because if he does, and we're talking about a dude putting up a 30 or 40 piece, Carolina could find themselves in a dogfight in the later parts of the second half. And I know neither one of us won't want, want that on opening night of the college basketball season.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not really, I'm not really too worried about it. I-, I think you're, I think you're right. I think that has to be, especially when you play these types of teams. The things you want to limit are guys that can take over games, leading scorers, guys that can fill it up, or you know, teams that could just go crazy from three. Um, and I think you're right. Shaquem Phillips uh, was a guy that last year did some really good things, and now probably feels like it's his time to step up and really become that guy for them, for a team that I, I, it still appears like most people believe is going to be a really good team this year and is capable of winning that Colonial Athletic Conference this season. So, I you know, for for Leaky Black, I, I I'm not worried about it at all because how many different times was he challenged with this last year? I mean, remember that, you know, it, just going back to the final game, in Cameron Indoor for Coach K when Carolina walked in there and came out with a victory. Um, One of the biggest storylines from the first game of the season that Carolina played against Duke was how crazy A.J. Griffin went uh, against them. And you saw Bleaky Black go out there, shut him down. Um, Once they got into the NCAA tournament, he shut down pretty much anybody that was thrown his way. Every game, it seemed like we were throwing out a name of somebody that had had a really good, either a really good tournament or just a really good season overall that people were afraid could tear Carolina apart. And never happened. Every time he was tasked with that, and these were guys that could play anywhere from the four. To the two and he was finding ways to shut these guys down so I think you know with with his versatility uh, it's it's going to be hard to really find someone that can that that can uh, you know affect this Carolina team on the offensive end that Leaky Black is not going to be able to match up with and to me if Leaky Black is on that guy I feel really really confident that Carolina is going to be able to shut them down.
0: And I, I, I think that's the
1: case in this
0: one. The second key to the game, and this shouldn't be something that Carolina should struggle with given the the, the the size advantage they have, is win the battle of the boards. But the reason why I I think this really this really applies to this game is that even though Carolina's run last year was was phenomenal, they often were playing at the pace at the which the opponent wanted to play they they it, it, they they were playing more in their style and I wanna see this team I think the one area where they can really improve is that they need to force the issue and make the other teams play at their pace. The best way to do that is 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 to control the backboards because that means you control the basketball. And this was a team that won a rebounding margin, sixty-three to twenty-six in the exhibition against Johnson C. Smith. It's unfair to ask of that again. But that's that's a tone setter. That's, that, that's a mindset. That's an effort thing. And when we talk about really coming out and, and making a statement to start the year, if you come out here and you pummel a team on the glass that only averaged 33.5 rebounds a year ago while you were north of 40, I mean, look, people are going to take notice of that. And so I think that's something where – And also, rebounding is the most important aspect of the game outside of, you know, putting the ball in the basket. And and with guys like, you know, Armando Bacow is going to get his 15. Guys like Pete Nance who's going to get a 7 or 8. But if Carolina, as a collective unit, goes after the basketball and and then you've got leaky black getting five or six your guards are on the boards it's going to wear down that opponent and again this is something i want to see them start tomorrow night setting the tone and saying look when you when you play carolina we're going to be on the glass we're going to be on the board and then we're going to dictate the way the game's being played because i do think if they dictate the pace game in game out on a consistent basis they're going to be a really tough team to beat this season yeah, well, uh, and and I think they should they should be
1: able to do that in this game, especially against opponent an opponent that you know is is a mid major. I I think especially on the glass that this is a game that Carolina should have no problem dominating. Um, and I mean, you look at the exhibition, and I get it. There's not much that you can take away from an exhibition. Usually, they're just to try to get you sort of in some sort of rhythm, give your guys a chance to we sort of get themselves warm and in terms of your starters, just sort of get themselves back into the groove. And then, um, you know, in terms of the guys off the bench, that's really where you, you're, you're, that's what you're using those exhibitions for. You're using those to try to find out about some of the depth guys. Um, you're trying to give, you know, some of the guys off the bench that that are at the end of the bench, a chance to play a little bit. Um, and you know, potentially, even see, especially with what we saw you know at a certain point back in twenty nineteen for Carolina injury wise if there is anybody on the bench that could help you if you get in that bad of an injury situation um but at the same time, you can't ignore the fact Carolina won the rebounding battle against johnson c smith sixty three to twenty six so this is a team that looks more than capable of doing that. The thing that you have to realize with Carolina when they with how they have to rebound this season and what they did for a majority of last season especially in the NCAA tournament was yeah Armando Baycott is a monster he's going to get his boards he's going to be a guy that could lead the country in 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 rebounding average this season i would be pretty shocked if he does not with how well he you know played last year at the end of the year on the glass But you got to have other guys that chip in, and that has to come from everywhere because there's not really that clear rebounder. Um, Maybe Pete Nance is that guy. Pete Nance has, has done some really good things, but the other thing is is that when you go back and look at his numbers at Northwestern, you also have to wonder if part of that was because there really just wasn't anybody else at Northwestern that could help him out on the glass. So he pretty much had to be the guy that rebounded well. Now with Armando inside there, you know, you saw him in the, in the exhibition. He had six rebounds, and I get it. He's probably going to play more minutes than he played in the exhibition on most typical nights. But I think you saw what the plan is going to be because Dontre Styles off the bench had ten. You had Leaky Black rebounding well, um, and, and you saw the guards get involved. That's what you're going to need from this team. I think this team is more than up to the task with that. And I remember before last year, you know, we kind of wondered, was that an element that was going to be able to carry over? Was that, an, was that something that automatically was going to carry over? I think that's just a staple of Carolina at this point and, and that it is not going to be something that goes away no matter what era of basketball we go through. Carolina basketball will always rebound the ball well. So to me in this game, it, it's, I get it. It's definitely a key. And I, I feel pretty confident that Carolina can get
0: that done in this one as well. The the last thing I have written down is simply play aggressive. We talk about a you know, the mentality of this team. Are they ready to to to, to really back up all the preseason height? Well, you know. They can't answer that question in full tomorrow, but they 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 can sure as heck, you know, make a claim that whenever they walk out on the court, they're going to be the aggressor. That was the message that that really rang true through this team um, during the NCAA tournament run, where Hubert Davis in a post game press conference after they beat they beat Baylor in the round of 32, and before they played UCLA, said, you know, we we have a team that if if, if you punch, we're going to punch back. If you kick, we're going to kick back. If you fight, we're going to fight back. And then leading into leading into the matchup with UCLA said, I, lo- I look around and I see a group of 15 men that we want to take the fight to them. We want to be the team that punches. We want to be the team that fights. We want to be the team that kicks. And, you know, I think that's something where if Carolina comes out tomorrow – and you play with that aggressive mindset, and you overwhelm this opponent, this game could be and should be over at halftime. And it just sets the tone. So I want to see Armando Baycott. I want to see Caleb Love and R.J. Davis in attack mode. I want to see Leaky Black getting up, to, uh, getting up into King Phillips on the defensive and I want there to be pressure on the basketball. I want them to do everything they can do. That even though given that they're playing a mid-major opponent, that you know there's a message sent that that when Carolina walks on the court, you got to deal with with, with with five guys that are going to play hard. They're going to play. They're going to play smart, and they're going to play together. That's my third and final key. Yeah, and I think that's probably
1: the most important one that when it when it comes to this game because this is one of those games that just based off of pure talent you would imagine that Carolina is going to win this game. But there were games last year where this roster was just better than, simply better than coming in, and that was the only reason they won the game. You go back to the Brown game, only reason Carolina won that game. You go back, and I get it, it was a road game, College of Charleston, same thing. So you don't want to come in and sleepwalk through this game. Because that's one of the traps that you can get into, especially early in the season. You know, you can say, "Hey, I just had an, you know I had an off night. It's still early." That's that's one of the things you've got to avoid. Um, and look, I, I get it. Nobody's saying that you you are going to play this game the same way that you played the Final Four game against Duke. Um, but you need to come into this game with a mindset. And and to me, I mean, look, we what we talked about earlier. The fact that, you know, you've got national analysts that still have doubts about this team. You should come in motivated to want to prove some people wrong. That, hey, people still think we're a flawed number one team in the country. So why don't we go out there and prove to them that we're not. We're legit. And, you know, again, I I go back to the exhibition that they won by 60 in that game. Um, and it there was never a moment watching that where you said to yourself, man, this looks like a team that's playing an exhibition. so I, I think they are ready for that. I know Huber Davis is ready for that um i I just think the thing is is you gotta you gotta you know bring that into this game. It, it can't be one of those efforts where you just try to get out of there with a win um and and if if they do, you're right, we will be locked in for. Uh, a game that you know could go down and, and could still be in question with at the under twelve timeout or something like that, which is not where we want to be.
0: Carolina enters with a ninety two point two percent chance to win the game, according to ESPN's College Basketball Power Index. They also enter the game as twenty three point favorites, according to Caesar Sportsbook. Anthony, I'll simply ask you, does Carolina win? And if so, do they cover tomorrow night in the Smith Center?
1: Uh, I'm going to say yes to both. Um, I honestly cannot believe that the FP that that the ESPN basketball uh, BPI uh, has the percentage that low. I get it, good a team that last year could have been an NCAA tournament team, but as you mentioned too, this team lost two of their top scores. Um, so Carolina is going to be facing a team that is going to have to find some guys to fill production. That is going to have some question marks coming in. Not saying Carolina doesn't have some question marks, but Carolina's question marks are a lot are, are definitely a lot smaller um than the ones that u n c wilmington will face coming into this game and I think all that stuff that we just talked about and the last one in particular, I think the mindset of this team you're you're gonna see it on display in this game. I really think this is gonna be a tremendous performance from Carolina effort-wise. This will be a team that will be motivated. And look, it's the first game of the season. You should look motivated when you come out. So I I said this, you know, the first time that we recorded the podcast, and I'll say it again because, you know, unfortunately no one got to hear that great edition of the podcast. Um, There's nothing that you can do in this game that is going to answer – every everybody's concerns about this team um there's not something that you can do in this game that's going to make everybody in the country say yeah this is the national champion but you can come out and really show that you are, are taking every single game seriously you can show just how motivated you are to really atone for what happened last year. And I think that's the way that Carolina is going to come out in this game. I think you're going to see a big game from the starters. I think, of course, Armando Baycott's going to be able to have plenty of success inside. And I think you're also going to see th- this this group is is really deep. I, I, really, I really truly believe that. And I think you're going to see that on display in this game. You'll have some guys off the bench that play extremely well. I think Carolina – Definitely covers, and I will say this, I think we might not get there. I think we will be on biscuit watch late in this game.
0: Let's certainly hope so. I'm with you. I think Carolina wins. I think they cover because I think this team is going to come out tomorrow and 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 give and have the look of a team that's going to be on the mission. And I hope Hubert Davis plays the audio of me telling them I want them to overwhelm their opponent. And I want this game over at halftime. Um, and, and, and I do think you're going to see Carolina come out And play really well. Um, And so I do think they will dispatch a a team that, albeit, is going to be very, very good, we think, in the CAA, but just doesn't have the horses to run with the team. Like Carolina? Well, no matter what happens, we'll have you covered on com, where we've been taking you through a lot of, on the football field, Carolina, improved to 8-1 and one with another uneasy win, this time at Virginia. Anthony's got you covered with the recap. We'll also have you covered with a trench report, stock report. In addition to Ashton's analysis, as for the pocket or as uh, uh, as for the basketball side of things, there'll be an in-depth preview up for the UNCW game. There'll also be a recap post at night of of the game as well. And Ashton has continued to get you ready with core four previews of the four core starters returning for Carolina. We've added a member to the team, Graham Hasty. He has his crystal ball predictions. You can find all that content and more. That's com. As for the podcast, you guys know where to find us. We're on every major podcasting platform. Just search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. But most importantly, we want you guys to hit that subscribe button. If you noticed our feed this week, a lot of editions of the podcast were out with backcourt previews, frontcourt previews. Guests like Josh Graham, John Crispin, and Marcus Ginyard stopped by. Hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the, the entirety of the basketball season. Well with that, that is gonna wrap up this edition of the podcast. Wanna thank Anthony for hosting with me. Wanna thank you guys for listening, and as always, go tar heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!